Congratulations, you've made it to episode 10 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast. This is the Coaching for Pastors podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. I am the lead pastor of Community Heights Alliance Church in Newton, Iowa, and the co-founder with Reverend Johnny Craig of the 200 Churches podcast. But this is the Coaching for Pastors podcast. I want to talk to you today about making a difference and how to think about it. Now, I plan on using guests on this podcast because I certainly do not have the full-orbed amount of wisdom that you need if you're going to bother listening to the Coaching for Pastors podcast. But since I've come back to the microphone uh, this month for a few episodes, I just want to talk to you just me. Just me, Pastor. Just you and me. You know the proverbial scene where we're sitting across uh, a table in the coffee shop, you know, drinking coffee, except for the fact that I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. No kidding. I know, hard to believe, but hey, why start now, right? So I want to talk to you about making a difference. The early 70s, real early 70s, in fact, about 1970, I was this little kid in a family, didn't go to church, no Christian background except for my parents were disillusioned Catholics. They believed in a God. They would never deny the existence of God, but we were not connected to God in any meaningful way. I knew there was a God. I knew he was powerful, and that was about it. We lived in this little town where there were, I think there were three mainline denominational churches in the town, and there was really no gospel-proclaiming church in the community. There just wasn't. And so there were a few people that had come to faith in Christ, and they wanted to start a church. And one of the people lived right next door to where my family lived. In fact, she was, at the time, uh, you know, mostly happily married, but had some struggles in her marriage. Uh, She was a believer, Uh, At the time, not real sure that the husband was, but she got involved with this group of people, and they were were wanting to, to somehow get something going in this little community. So one of the families decided, well, we're going to have an afternoon kids Bible club. We're going to do it at our house, and and we'll we'll just see what happens. So my neighbor lady, she invited me to get in the back of the station wagon with her kids. And they were going to go to this thing. Well, I didn't know what it was. I didn't want to go. I said, no, no no thanks. And I went home. I didn't go. And probably about three weeks in a row until my, one of my neighbors told me that, yeah, yeah, when we go, there's a big, there's a big uh, tire swing in the backyard. It's really fun. And we also get Kool-Aid and cookies. And, uh, you know, when we play games and stuff and I'm like, it's 1970, we're poor, You know, sugar is really expensive. We don't buy a whole lot of sugar and use it on Kool-Aid because that's too expensive. And and we don't we don't get too many cookies except for what my mom happens to bake once in a while. And I thought, well, I'll I'll go. I'll just go. And it was several weeks after hearing Bible stories from a flannel graph board in somebody's kitchen that I just became enthralled with this story of Jesus. I didn't know who Jesus was, and I just I became 
enamored with this story. And at some point late in the summer of actually 19, I think it was 70 or 71, I was found in the living room of that home kneeling next to a couch, and my neighbor lady kneeling next to me and leading me in a prayer to receive Jesus. That changed my life. And you know how things go when you're a kid and a teenager. They kind of, you know, twists and turns. But somehow, at that time, my life intersected with God. As that group of people started to put this little church together, that's it's a very modest little church, still to this day, a somewhat very modest little church. As as they put that together, I would attend, and I would sit, and I would watch the pastor, and he had this holy book that was draped over his hands, nice leather Bible, and I was just mesmerized by this this book from God. I mean. It, can it get any better than a book from God? And as I watched him teaching it, I said to myself, that's what God wants me to do. That's what I'm going to do. Someday I'm going to teach the Bible. And here I am, 50 years later, uh, teaching the Bible every single week. And I've been doing it for solid now for 35 years. This lady who lived next door to me, her name was Janet. She passed away several years ago. But before she did, I took my four kids to her house. I wanted her to see my family. I wanted her to see four children who had placed their faith in Jesus. I wanted her to see what her investment in my life produced. And today, if she were still alive, I'd take her to see my kids and their spouses and their kids. See, because it's just a modest little church, 23-year-old pastor, church planner, didn't have a clue really what he was doing, only there for two years. But he impacted my life, changed my life. And literally, Janet impacted generations generations, because my life changed, and I married a believer from from a home that was apart really from anything to do with God, all of a sudden now I'm married to someone who's following Jesus, and we have kids, and, and they all follow Jesus, and they find spouses who follow Jesus, and they have kids, and those kids are being taught Bible stories, and stories about Jesus and going to church and how to pray and and, and all that. Janet literally changed generations. I've tried to do that over the years. I've tried to be the one to just reach out to uh, just some dumb kid, you know, that comes to VBS. You know, I I know it's probably not correct in this day and age to say dumb kid, but but I I was a dumb kid. I, I was just a kid, right? And I look at kids today, and I see them 50 years from now, and I see them as, as uh, husbands and wives and grandmas and grandpas, and I see their families and the generations underneath them following Jesus because they decide today, they decide today at 5 or 8 or 12 
to follow Jesus. That's called making a difference. Making a difference. It is, it's a beautiful thing. So I don't know what ministry you're involved in. I don't know the size of your church. I don't know, Pastor, the struggles you've been having over the past four weeks. Whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're older or younger, whether your church is large or it's a parachurch ministry or it's a mission organization, a church plant, a medium, small, or large church, you've had struggles. When you lay your head down on your pillow at night, you've probably had to hand some fears over to God. You've probably had some sleepless moments when you couldn't fall asleep because there was a certain issue or person or negative reality on your mind. So I don't know where you're at, but here's what I want you to focus on. Focus on making a difference. And we don't make a difference with budgets. I understand budgets inform and impact things. I get it. But we make a difference when those budgets actually put us in touch with a real person, when those programs actually connect us in a real relationship, when the opportunities that a ministry or a church or a program affords us is that we're sitting down across from another man or another woman where we can put into their lives something valuable, when we can make a difference. Because ministry ministry is about people. After 35 years of ministry, I honestly, and this is, this is not an exaggeration, I am more excited about ministry today than I ever have been. Now, I'm more fearful of my own abilities in, in many ways. I'm more humbled. I'm more, real, I'm more of a realist now than I've ever been. But I've never been more excited about the opportunity to make a difference in ministry this is it. Today's the day. This is it. So I, I do have, I want to, want to talk to you for a minute about thinking about how to make a difference. So every church is going to say that their purpose is to love God and love their neighbor and make disciples. But I've been in some circles uh, recently that uh, have really been uh, pushing this idea of, and, and the, the way I would describe it is not just making disciples but making disciple-makers. What if you skipped making disciples and all you did as a church was make disciple-makers? Can you see the exponential difference in that? So that your evangelism isn't something you have to do at an event with an invitation tagged onto the end of it. It doesn't have to be an evangelistic service or sermon with an invitation tagged onto the end of it. But but what if what if a simple majority of your people were disciple makers? Hey, hey, what if 15% of your people were actually disciple makers? And what if that was your intent with every new person who comes into your church or every new person who comes to faith in Christ to develop them as disciple makers? What kind of a difference would that make in your church in the next 3 years? In the next 10 years, oh my goodness, in the next 15 to 30 years, if you didn't make disciples, but you made disciple makers, and those disciple makers made disciple makers, I want to recommend a book to you, and I, 
I don't normally do this. We do this with guests, right, that have written books. But this book is by a guy named Bob McNabb, and the name of the book is Spiritual Multiplication in the Real World. It comes as a softcover text and then also a study guide, Spiritual Multiplication in the Real World. We've been taking our leadership and uh, a few others through this book and through this material, and I'll tell you what, it's, it's made a huge difference. I'm not saying it's the best book out there. But it is a really good book because I haven't read them all. I haven't read all the books on discipleship and disciple making. But but this isn't, it doesn't even say disciple. It says spiritual, it says multiplication. Multiplication. That means times, right? Not plus, but times. Um, the multiplier. And so Bob McNabb really uh, lays out some interesting, interesting information and interesting inspiration. So I got a group of people recently, just just regular people in my church, eight of them, got them together, said, listen, this is going to require a three hour a week commitment of your time, which is, that's a lot for today. In this day and age, three hours a week is a lot. And that that's kind of the covenant that you make when you get involved in this curriculum. Uh, it's a 10 week deal. And I thought, okay, we'll see how this goes. And I told him, I said, listen, you're one of the first groups to go through this. You're probably not going to do it real well because whenever we do something for the first time, we're not very good at it. And we're, we're probably going to not be a very good group using this curriculum. But we're going we're gonna to get through it and we're going to figure it out. And we're going to be better at the end than we were at the beginning. And I thought, okay, let's see how this works. These people are only halfway through this, not even halfway through this yet, and they are so excited and so determined now, so convinced that we need to multiply disciples in our church. And that's not an impossible thing. It's just a different way of thinking about making a difference because we've got a great community. Newton, Iowa is a great community. It's it's large enough. It's got plenty of people that need Jesus. It's got a lot of different challenges. It's got a lot of blessings, but it's got enough that we as a church, hey, every church in this town is needed. We are needed. People need Jesus. There are people out there in their living rooms that do not have a relationship with God. They're dying on the vine. Can you imagine in this day and age, with the, with the situation that we're in in our culture, in our society, not having a relationship with God, not having a faith to carry you through and to guide you and to give you some direction on the things that are going on in our world right now, not knowing how to point your kids and your grandkids, not knowing how to think through things with your husband or your wife and how best to handle conflict and situations that are that are hurting your marriage there are people in our community and and we don't want to just add one or two at a time but we I want to multiply myself so that there are 20 40 150 200 300 disciple makers in my church that are fanning out into the community every week and just with open eyes, open eyes, knowing what to look for, sensitive and on high alert for opportunities, divine appointments, 
divine conversations and dialogues, and the opportunity to bring people to faith. And in bringing them to faith, teaching them right from the get-go to be a disciple-maker, that what you experience with Jesus, he expects you to help other, other people experience the same thing. And that's where the church then has to equip them and empower them and lead them to be a world changer, right? To be a world changer. I'm kind of ending this uh, not very long episode, recommending to you a book. If you don't have a book that you use for discipleship philosophy and think how to think through discipleship in your church, wow, this is a fantastic book. Bob McNabb, Spiritual Multiplication in the Real World. But I started by asking you to think about making a difference. What's it look like? Who made a difference in your life? Who made a difference? In whose life have you made a difference? You know, sometimes it's just the simplest things. In fact, last week on episode nine, I talked about words of encouragement, words of affirmation. It can be the simplest things to make a difference in somebody's life. This lady back in the early 70s, all she did was invite me to this kids club. And I heard the gospel and I responded to it. And it changed my life and it has changed generations in my family. So, hey, if you need a fresh look at Multiplying Disciples in Your Church, Spiritual Multiplication in the Real World by Bob McNabb, just remember to make a difference. Make a difference in people's lives. And and you can't do it from a distance. You have to do it up close. You can't do it in an email or a text, although those are supporting. Those are supporting actors, emails and texts. But you got to do it face-to-face with a hand on a shoulder, with an arm around somebody, looking them in the eye, giving them that love and that encouragement and that hope that they need. Pastor, I am truly, I'm excited about my ministry and I'm excited about your ministry. I'm excited about your ministry. Don't give up. Keep going. It's important. The people in your life, the people in your life, they need so much from you, but sometimes it just takes so little of you to give them that so much. So go for it. Hey, this has been episode 10. I'm looking forward to the next one. We'll see you real soon on episode 11 of the Coaching for Pastors podcast.